Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, years ago, I was at a retreat center in Montana with a bunch of pastor friends of mine, and this place was called The Refuge. And The Refuge was actually created by a bunch of guys as a place that where pastors could go and they could just have fun as they just rested and recharged uh, through doing things like sitting by campfires, eating great food, uh, spending time on the lake, and fly fishing. In fact, uh, here's a picture of, of me fly fishing right here, okay? Now, what's interesting about this, this is my first time fly fishing, all right? Never done it before, never wanna do it again. Uh, but you think, you're asking, Mark, how many fish did you hook? Now, let me just say this. I think I hooked that fish and I hooked more of my back, I think, through the week of doing it than, than any fish I had. It was really painful, but it was really fun all at the same time. But it was interesting because here I was, at this place where, where I'm there to just get rest and recharged, when I experienced something that I had never experienced before and I didn't see it coming. I walked into my room when I got there and I just stood there and I looked in the corner and I wanted to just curl up in the corner and emotionally break down. And it's interesting because throughout that week, I wanted nothing to do with being with the group of people I was with. I actually had to force myself to, to be with the group of people. But even though I was there, I wasn't really there. In fact, uh, one of my best friends was with me at, at the time. And he says, Mark, something just seems to be wrong with you. A few months after that, I was at an off-site location and I was doing some, some just some, some series planning for our church. I'll do that two or three times a year where I'll pick an off-site location. Then I'll just kind of pray through and just sense, oh God, where, where are you leading our church over, the, over this next season? And so one morning I get up and I have this, this deep pain, this sharp pain in my stomach. And I get out of bed, I just start holding my stomach and I'm like, oh God, what is wrong with me? I need help. And for some reason, I just, instead of calling a doctor or anything like that, I end up calling a, a pastor friend of mine who happened to be on sabbatical at the time. And so he, he was off the grid. He wasn't taking calls, but I just, for some reason, called him and he answered my call. And we ended up going out for lunch. And as we're, as we're talking at lunch, I, here's what I say to him. I said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I feel numb. I want to quit. It's over. And I continue to talk to him, and here's what he says to me. Oh, I know what's wrong with you. You have a bad case of burnout. I'm like, well, what's that? Over the next few months, I would get a master class on exactly what burnout is. Well, today we are in week two of our series called Rewire, a conversation on mental health. Mental health is something that impacts all of our lives, whether indirectly or, or directly. And if you missed last week, I kicked it off by talking about three myths of mental health. And so if you missed that, that's kind of the foundation or laid the foundation for where we're going over the next couple of weeks in this series. And so I wanna encourage you to jump on our YouTube channel and watch or listen to it. Now, today what I wanna do is I wanna talk about burnout. 
You see, burnout is one of those things that, that most of us, you know, we've heard of before, but we know very little about it. And I think, and statistics are showing this as well, it's one of the biggest mental health related challenges out there. And so here's, here's where I wanna take our journey today. I wanna talk about what it is, and then how we get it, and then give us some practical steps to just get on a path of, of wholeness and healing. So here's what burnout isn't. Burnout, and this is what we think it is, burnout is just the result of working too many hours. Now, it, it can be, but burnout is so much more than that. Uh, experts, here's how they, they define what burnout is. They say burnout is a combination of mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion from multiple sources and complicated situations. Now, that's like, okay, what does that mean? Well, I love the way a counselor says it. Uh, one counselor says it this way, burnout is generally a reflection of our inability of, of our inability simply to, and here's the handle I want you to get, this word right here, handle, juggle all the competing demands that all of us struggle with. Now, I wanna illustrate what this looks like and how this looks in our life. And to do that, I'm going to ask Tyler, the juggler, to come up here. And so Tyler's gonna come up, we'll give him a round of applause as Tyler comes up. Good, you're giving him the golf clap like you do me. I appreciate that. Uh, now, Tyler serves on our, our production team, so he's behind the scenes, and so we have drawn him now to get up behind the scenes. And uh, so we all have demands on us that we have to juggle, okay? You know, for, for all of us, we have a job of some kind that, and, it's in, and whether it's in the marketplace or it's in the trades or you're a stay-at-home parent, I mean, we all have to juggle our, our, our career. And so I'm going to hand that over to you, Tyler. But that's not all the demands that we have to juggle in our life. We have all these relationships that we have to juggle. And I'm just going to stick to the, to the really close ones. If you're single, you, know, you might be dating someone and you got to juggle that relationship. If you're married, we know marriage is hard. Okay. So you got to juggle that one as well. And, uh, and, and if you have kids, okay, I mean, kids, you have all these activities, you know, and then they become teenagers and, you know, don't need to say anything after that. And I'm gonna give you this. And so all of us, in some form, okay, we gotta juggle work and family. And so Tyler's gonna show us how we juggle work and family. Very good, very good, okay. Okay, Tyler, thank you for showing us how to do that. Now that's easy, okay, that's easy. But there's more than that. And we know that, okay, you know, we have financial pressures that we have to juggle because we have to pay for all the kids' activities, among other things. And, uh, and then we have social pressures that we have to juggle because, you know, it's like everybody's living their best life now. And so, you know, we have to figure out what that looks like for us. Uh, we have health pressures, you know, whether it be our, our own health or, you know, for some of us, we're, we're dealing with, with aging parents right now, which is a real thing. And so, you know, we, we got to juggle that as well. And then we have to juggle, and I've kind of given this phrase, what I call cultural chaos. And cultural chaos is we kind of look at our world and we just see, you know, all the anger and the bitterness and the division and all that stuff and just all that kind of stirs in us and all stuff. So, you know, we have to juggle that. And, uh, and, and then, you know, you got to throw on there, we have to juggle kind of the spiritual side. And maybe for you, it's like spiritual guilt. It's like, you know, I know I'm, I'm not living up to God's expectations, much like my own expectations, you know. And so we, we got to juggle that. And so we have all this stuff to juggle. And so Tyler's going to show us how we are supposed to juggle that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. You can do better than that. 
<laughs> All right, let's give Tyler a round of applause as he shows us how to juggle. Now, I want you to picture Tyler again throwing all those balls around. This is what our lives look like. We try to juggle all this stuff and we feel overwhelmed. It's too much. You see, for many of us, we are on the cusp of burnout and we don't even realize it. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I am stressed out, I'm burned out. Go for it. Now, there's a difference between uh, stressed out and stress and burnout. Let me, let me tell you the difference. Stress is generally very short-lived and it's related to a temporary project or event. When something breaks in, in our household and needs fixing, I am always stressed out watching Donna fix it. I mean, I, it always happens to me every single time. You know, you might have a big test at school or you have a, a big sales presentation at work or you have to make a major decision. The stress that you're feeling is caused by a temporary event or problem. Burnout, on the other hand, is chronic stress. It just feels never ending and it impacts every area of our life. You know, for example, it impacts us physically. You know, because of, of all these balls that we have to juggle, these balls all come with weight attached to them. You know, th this is why for many of us, uh, when, when we're dealing with burnout, we're, we're easily fatigued. We either, we most likely are low in energy. And what's interesting, you think if you're easily fatigued that you would sleep better, but actually when you're dealing with burnout, you don't sleep very well. And uh, you deal with uh, often headaches and body aches. And those are just a kind of a few of the physical impact that burnout gives. But it also has, impacts us mentally as well. That, that burnout messes with our brain because it causes two things to happen in our brain. Uh, the first thing that happens is our amygdala enlarges. Now the amygdala is that, that fight or flight part of our brain. And so when we're constantly stressed out, what often happens is we become more vulnerable to fear, which when we're more vulnerable to fear, we begin to withdraw more. The other thing that happens is it weakens our prefrontal cortex. That's the part of our brain that helps us with decision-making. And so it, it can be, you know, at one time you were very confident in making decisions, and now you struggle with making even the simplest decisions. But burnout also impacts us emotionally as well. You know, an emotional healthy person, I mean, they feel things and they experience the highs and lows, but when you're in burnout, you don't feel things that much anymore and you're just numb to the whole thing because burnout numbs our heart. I can remember when it was at, I was at the heart of it for me, uh, when we do baptism services here, man, I'll just sit in the crowd and I'm crying like a baby, like every story and all that stuff. I mean, I just love it. It's one of the greatest things that we do. Why we do what we do. Uh, one morning we're, we're sitting there and we're baptizing a bunch of people and I sat there and I felt absolutely nothing. And I just walked out of there and, so, and someone said to me, it wasn't that great. And I was like, yeah, but inside I'm going like, wasn't that great for some reason? And this is why people, when they, when they have burnout emotionally, they, they don't laugh as much. They don't experience as much, much joy. They're not as motivated. Uh, they will often uh, constantly replay in their mind, like, I'm a failure. I don't have what it takes. I don't like, and things of the life like they, they used to like, they don't like anymore. And they often slip into heavy cynicism. You see, a lot of the cynicism that we see is honestly a byproduct of burnout. And if you're a Jesus follower, 
what often happens is, is that emotionally God feels very distant from you is because you are withdrawing. And so we see that burnout impacts us emotionally, mentally, and physically. So then the question is, how do we get burnout? I mean, how do we arrive at that? Well, to answer that, what I want to do is I want to look at a, a guy in the Bible who and his name is Elijah. And uh, just a little background on Elijah. Uh, Elijah battled burnout. And Elijah was someone who loved God, and this dude was, was fearless, and God did all sorts of miracles through Elijah. We looked, I, I talked briefly about one of them last week, and I just want to use this as our background for Elijah's story to, today. So last week we talked about this, but the king of Israel at the time was a guy named King Ahab. And Ahab was a bad king. He was an evil dude. And uh, during this time, he let all these false prophets kind of run the land. And Elijah stepped out one time, and he challenged these prophets to a fire fight. And uh, God sent fire, proving his power and existence. And then Elijah had all of Ahab's prophets put to death. And a bunch, thousands of people, they turned back to God. And so Elijah is like, he's riding high when one day Ahab's wife Jezebel, she looks at her husband and goes, dude, if you can't take this cat out, then a woman needs to do this. And so she sends a note to, to Elijah and it says this, by this day tomorrow, you'll be dead. And so here's Elijah. He is riding high off his firefight wind. I mean, he just saw something that if we saw, we would never have doubts about God again. I don't care what happened, we wouldn't have doubts. But here's Elijah. One wicked woman threatens him and his life completely falls apart. And so what I want to do is I want to look at Elijah's story because when we look at Elijah's story, we see three mistakes he made that led him into burnout. And it's the same mistakes we all make, and it's the same mistakes I made. Three mistakes. Here's the first one, is we run ourselves into the ground. Here, here's, what, here's how Elijah's story went. It says this, it says, Elijah was afraid. So there's that fear part of burnout that I talked about a little bit ago. He was afraid, and he, and he ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in, in Judah. So Elijah ran to Beersheba. Now, some of you are like, you know, okay, what's the big deal about that? You know, if I was afraid, I would love to run to a place called Beersheba, you know? Now, here, here's the thing that you need to know. Beersheba isn't a place of unlimited breweries, okay? Or you would call heaven for some of you, all right? Uh, what, what Beersheba is, is it's a city that was located 100 miles from where he, he was located. And so he gets afraid, and he runs the equivalent of four marathons. And so he just, he runs, he runs, he runs, and he eventually runs himself into the ground. The reality is, this is what many of us do and how we're living. It's like, we run, 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 and it's like, okay, we run, and we run, 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 run some more. It's like you're in college, and you got to get good grades, and you work full-time because, you know, you, you want to stay out of debt, and all at the same time, you have to live up to your parents' expectation. Or you you're become a parent, and you feel like you have to be the perfect parent. And so, you know, you have to provide your kids all these vacations and all these experiences and all these birthday parties. Or you just feel like you have to live up to people's expectations. You gotta say yes here and you gotta be at this and, and be at that. And you know, you can't show any weakness because you have to give off this image that you have it all together. And so this is what we do. We run ourselves into the ground because that's what everybody else is doing, but we never take the time 
to think about the impact this is having not just on our own lives, but those closest to us as well. Second mistake that Elijah made is he isolated himself from other people. Here's what Elijah did. It says, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And so while he himself, in other words, he went by himself. And so things get tough for Elijah. And what does he do? He leaves his most trusted friend because he thinks he's got to juggle all these balls on his own. And when we get to a bad spot in our life, like Elijah did, like I did, our tendency is to start to withdraw. And we think, you know what? I just got to juggle all these balls on my own. I can't ask for any help. And then what often happens is then our, our spiritual enemy, the devil, he kind of whispers into our ear and he says, listen, you, you can't let anybody know what, what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling. You know, you, you can't do that. And so then we feel embarrassed, ashamed, and we're too proud to ask for help. I, I want to just take a minute and just speak to our online community for, for just a minute. You know, for some of you, this is actually what you're feeling. You know, when COVID hit, you know, the church community for you became watching a message online. And, and you know what? That, that's a really good thing. I mean, we love the fact of technology and that we can do that. And we're going to continue to invest in technology. But for many of us, we have isolated ourselves when it comes to community to just that. And as a result, we don't realize just how vulnerable we are because God made every single one of us to follow him best with other people. And so we need other people to do just that. So church isn't just watching a message online. Church is actually God's people engaging with God's people so that they can together do God's work. So that's the second mistake that he made. He isolated himself. And then here's the third one. We ruminate on the negative. Here's, here's what Elijah did when he just kind of ruminated. He says, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Listen to what he says. I've had enough, Lord. In other words, I can't juggle all these balls anymore. It's just too much for me. And he said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And so Elijah is looking at all the people that went before him, and he's just thinking, you know what? I thought I'd do more. I thought I'd be more. And this is what, what many of us do. We do exactly what Elijah did when we start to feel like we're, we're failing or falling short. And we begin to compare ourselves with other people. And we go, you know what? I'll never be happy like them. I'll never be successful like them. Hey, I'll never have a marriage like them or I'll never be married. I'll never have my finances in, in, in a good place. Hey, you know what? I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. You know what? I've had enough. And so stress becomes burnout. And now you just don't think it's worth it anymore. Now, the good news in Elijah's story is that when he hit rock bottom, God actually met him at the bottom. And what I love about that is that that's not just an Elijah story. That is a story story. In fact, that is my story as well. God met me at the bottom. And as a result, he put me on a path to healing and wholeness. And I guarantee you this, he will do the exact same thing for you. In fact, here's what he did with Elijah. It said, then he lay down 
under the bush and he fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him. And then a show was born called Touched by an Angel. No, I'm just kidding. It said, and, and all at once, an angel touched him. And so God, in the form of an angel, came to Elijah in his darkest moments. And I want you to notice, God made the first move, that God actually came to him. And I, I tell you what, I really believe that this is what, what, what some of you need to hear. That no matter how many balls you just feel like you're dropping, how many balls, God's there, God is moving and you know what? He's moving towards you. I shared my story earlier of when, when I got up and I felt that pain in the stomach and I, I reached out to, to my pastor friend who was on sabbatical who wasn't taking calls and he ended up taking my call. Well, after it all kind of shook out, I, I asked him and I said, okay, you weren't taking calls. Why did you take my call? And he said, I, I don't know what it is. He said, but just, I, I felt like God was saying, you need to take this call. God came to me through a trusted friend. And he continued to come to me as long as I was willing to follow in the direction that he was leading me. And so here's what I want to do to wrap up. I want to give you some very practical ways that you can battle burnout. And for some of you, this is going to be preventative, all right? Because you're like, okay, Mark, I don't know if, I, 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 don't, I don't really deal with this. Now, the interesting thing about burnout is when you deal with it in the middle of it, most of us don't really know that we're dealing with it. But for, for most of us, this is going to be life-changing for you because you are in the middle of burnout and you don't even know it and it's just having a ripple effect throughout your life. So I'm going to give you some practical things. Here's the first thing that I, that I want to tell you to do. I want you to return to God's rhythms. Listen to what the angel said to Elijah. He said this, he said, So all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat! He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he laid down again. And so he, he was like, okay, Elijah, why don't you get up? You get something to eat, get some food in your system and then I want you to take some nap. Take a nap. I want you to get some rest. What was the angel doing? He was saying, Elijah, I want you to take care of yourself physically. What, what's interesting is is that we run ourselves into the ground and, and we all do it. And what the angel is saying is God didn't create you to run, 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 run. Instead, he created you to run, 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 rest, run, run, rest, run, run, rest. And here's how I know this. Did you know that one of, the, one of God's top 10 commandments is actually to rest? That God knew, and I think this is amazing, that God knew our tendency to just kind of run ourselves into the ground, so he had to command us to shut it down and rest. Most of us know what it is. It's called the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is we just take one day off for every six days of work, and we rest. And God just he even built this, as you look at the creation narrative, he built this into creation. Now, the reality is most Jesus followers, we don't do this. But here's what you need to know. God didn't put this in there for, to, to pull us back. God actually put this in there for our benefit. And here's the idea of the Sabbath. The, the idea of the Sabbath is we take some time and we just disconnect from work. In other words, we put down some of our balls that we're juggling all the time and we reconnect and recharge with God and with other people. And I'm telling you, if you do this, 
It'll be one of the most spiritual things you will do. Uh, some of you know this, but I ran a marathon years ago. And uh, during the training time, uh, I, I noticed that some people that were training had a very different strategy than what I had. You know, for some, uh, their strategy was not just kind of run, run the entire time. Their, their strategy was, it was you run for a while and then you walk and then you run again and then you, you know, walk. And, uh, and it was told if it's, done, if it's done right, that you will actually get better times. And I'm thinking like, now how is that possible? How, how can you get a better time by running and walking versus running the entire time? So I run the race and I run the entire time but there were people who beat me and beat me badly who did the run-walk strategy. And once again, I just kind of stepped away from it. At first I was confused, but then as I thought about it more, it made complete sense. You see, they walked so their body had time to recover so they could run harder, longer. In running the entire time, I never gave my body time to recover. So the farther I went in the race, my pace actually got slower. And you know what? The same thing is true with our life. That our life is a marathon that was never meant to be run the entire time. Rather, it was meant to be run, run, walk, run, run, walk, run, run, walk. And that walk is called the Sabbath. And when you practice the Sabbath, here's what you'll discover. You'll be more productive, more present, and more purposeful because your body will have time to recover. And so the first thing that, that we need to do is we need to return to God's rhythms because they're there to keep us from burnout. Here's the second one. We need to learn to replenish. Now, for many of you, you aren't going to like what I have to say. But, but here, here, here's, what, here's what you need to know. For some of you, you need more than just rest. You need rest in a different way than you have ever rested before. And let me tell you what I mean by, by showing you what I discovered in the midst of my burnout. So when I was going through my burnout, it wasn't like I cut vacation time or days off. I took all my days off and I took all my vacation time. But when I would get back from vacation, you know what? I, I didn't feel rested because my mind couldn't shut down. I was still emotionally numb. And so it, it still didn't matter for me how much vacation time I took. Well, I, I, was, seeing, I was talking to my counselor at the time. I'm telling him about all this and he said something to me that really hit home. He said this, he said, your problem isn't that you're tired. If you're tired, you can just go home and take a nap and all is good. Your problem is you're depleted. In other words, you have given so much out, out of yourself, you have nothing left to give. And so here's how this looks in our lives. It's like our lives are like a cup of water that we continually pour out to refresh other people. And what I was doing, and what many of you are probably experiencing right now, is you are trying to pour water out of an empty cup. The reality is your cup needs to be refilled. And so he gave me some advice that was life-changing for me. And I hope that this, this is life-changing for some of you. And here's the advice he gave me. He said, I want you to start a hobby that causes your mind or body to disconnect. Now, let me, let me explain a little bit more what that means in a minute. But here's why this is important. When we're depleted, when we're emotionally numb, 
we look for ways to cope with that numbness and, and, and just that experience of depletedness. And what we do is we usually will begin to experience very bad coping mechanisms. And so for many of us, what we do is, is, is we spend too much, we eat too much, we drink too much, we smoke too much, we pop too many pills, uh, we sit and just kind of in front of the TV and we just kind of like veg in front of the TV or what we do is we get on a, uh, on a screen and we're just looking through social media and we're just kind of going and going and going and going. And why do I say that those are bad coping mechanisms? They're bad because they don't refill us. What we need to do is we need to replace the bad coping mechanisms with good ones. And one of the best things that we can do is to start a hobby and not just any hobby. If in your line of work, you used your mind a lot, what you need to do is you need to look for a hobby where you don't use your mind a lot and instead you use your body more and vice versa. And let me tell you why that is. For me in my job, I use my mind all the time and I can't shut down my mind. But when I started a hobby that was using, using my body more, here's what it allowed me to do. It allowed me to focus on my body and as a result, it automatically disengaged my mind. And the same thing will happen for you. For many of us, we start hobbies that just continue to, to, to rehash what we're already struggling with. And so here's some of the things I did. I started to take up biking and swimming, which you know I, I hadn't done in the past. Uh, I started to do things around the house. I, like I said, I'm not very mechanically inclined, and so I just looked for little things that I could do. So I'd like sweep out the garage, even if it didn't need sweeping out. I'd wash the car, even if the car didn't need to be washed. Uh, I would go and just clean the bathrooms. I mean, not, you know, I mean, yeah, that actually helped me disengage, you know? Uh, so I, I would clean the bathrooms. I had the kids uh, teach me how to solve the Rubik's Cube. And you might think, well, doesn't that engage your mind? Not me, man. I could just sit down on the couch and just go and not care about anything. And so I, I just want to encourage you, you got to replenish. And one of the ways that you can, I just want you to start a hobby. And if you use your mind in your job mostly, I want you to do start a hobby that will actually focus on, on more physical activity so it allows you to disengage your mind and vice versa. And see, you're going to find out you'll be experiencing more than rest. You'll find that you will start to replenish so you can better juggle all these balls that you have to juggle. Third and final thing, see a Christian counselor. I really believe in the power of the right outside voice. And the reality is the root problem of burnout is actually a spiritual thing. And so for some of us, we need to get under the hood of, of our heart a bit and figure out what is driving us to live at that pace. Uh, you know, for, we have this resource page as a part of our series. And uh, it, it, in this resource page, we have a list of counselors that we have vetted, that, that we have used in the past. And for some of us, you just need, you need to get help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. I needed help and I'm still getting help. And it, like I said, it's been a game changer for me. And so get on the richcc.com forward slash rewire if that's you and check out our resource page. I wanna close by reading some words of Jesus. And I'm gonna read it out of what is called the message translation. Now the message translation actually is more of a paraphrase. And so it's not a literal translation, but I just, I just want you to just kind of soak in these words. Uh, that, that Jesus says. And Jesus says this. 
Are you tired? You're worn out? Burned out on religion? Juggling too many balls? And you're dropping them all over the place because you're just tired? He says, come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. Let me what he's saying is, you'll rediscover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Not just go on vacation every once in a while. That even in the midst of juggling all your balls, you can still experience real rest. And, here, and then listen to what he says. Not run. Walk. Walk. Walk with me and work. You can walk and work? Yeah. You can walk and work. Work with me. Would you watch how I do it? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In other words, I'm going to teach you how to tap in to God's rhythms for life because they lead to health and healing and wholeness. And he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly even with all the balls we have to juggle. And so don't settle for dropping all sorts of balls because you're living at a pace that you were never designed to live. And so would you be willing to return to God's rhythms? And for, for I would think many of us, we're beyond tired, we need to replenish. And so would you learn how to replenish? And for some, we need to take another step. And we need to see a counselor because there is some spiritual issues that are driving you to live at that pace. But for all of us, what we need is we need an encounter with Jesus. Because in the midst of juggling all our balls, all our balls, it's only when we encounter him that we'll discover what we really want. And that is real rest. Let me pray for us. Father, um, this idea of burnout, I mean, this isn't new for us. I mean, it's, it's one of your, your top 10 commandments. You knew, God, that there are things that are just going to drive us and drive us and drive us to just live at such a pace. And it's a pace we were never designed to live. And eventually, we just kind of run ourselves into the ground. And then there's just a ripple effect to that, God. And God, if we're honest, we're, we're, just, we're just used to this now. And there's a part of us that goes, I don't even know if this is really possible. Taking a day off and disconnecting and replenishing. And, but God, the reality is, just like anything, you created us in a certain way. And I pray that we would have the courage to just, first off, be honest with ourselves where we're at with this and why we are where we are. And just tap into that. God, it's been, it's been so life-changing for me. I don't, I don't know if I'd be doing this right now if it's not for this. God, I pray that uh, we'd have the courage to step into your rhythms, your beautiful, redemptive, healing rhythms. And God, uh, we need replenishing. We're beyond tired, God. We're dropping balls because of it. God, would you just help us to maybe start something? That'll disengage one part of us so we can engage another part of us so we can have more water in our cup that we can pour it out. And Father, most of all, in coming to you and trusting you, 
you walk with us, you meet us at the bottom. And in it, you just kind of walk with us through a path of just real rest in the midst of the busyness and the craziness of our world. So thank you, God, for it. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.